When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. What's up, guys, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Our first question comes from Eric Wall, who asks, What happened to Coruscant during the sequel trilogy? Is it as bustling as it was during the days of the Empire or Republic? I assume it is. I assume it's still, like, the most habitable or populous planet. The most habitable planet in the galaxy. I assume <laughs> it's the most populous planet that there is. Yeah. Um, it is interesting and a bummer that it didn't show up in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, and I feel like Pablo Hidalgo said something on Twitter about that they were going to use it in episode nine, but that got scrapped. Yeah, so recently on Twitter, after like all that Colin Trevorrow art got leaked, um, they they and the script, it talks mm-hmm. about like Coruscant's in it, which would have been great to see. And uh, Pablo said that's why Coruscant hasn't been in a lot of stories lately because we were going to save it and they didn't want to like define too much. They wanted to let the movie do that. And then that all got scrapped. And so now Coruscant has just been absent for like the entire, entire, I can't talk today, entire (laughs) sequel trilogy. Um, So yeah, I assume it's just the same. Uh, Something else interesting Pablo said was that he's Glad that they were able to save Coruscant from Starkiller Base. So I assume that means that JJ originally wanted to blow up Coruscant. And I'm kind of like, in retrospect now, if Coruscant's not going to show up at all, I kind of wish they blew up Coruscant. Because... No! Hosnian Prime means nothing to us. It's like... Well, true. We see it for two seconds and everyone, like, they don't really explain it very well in the movie. There are lines where, like, they blew up the Hosnian system, but the whole time we're like, was that just Coruscant? Did they just blow up Coruscant? Like, why not make it clear that, yeah, that's Coruscant, and it's gone? Like, at least then we would have felt something. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from, but I'm glad that they didn't end up using it, because now it's still there to have stories told on Coruscant so I mean maybe in the future we'll get a a series like you know the Underworld series um about Coruscant because that would be cool I've always wanted to see like a cool like underbelly Coruscant yeah kind of tv show I totally agree that Coruscant's one of the best locations in Star Wars uh it, it just stinks that it didn't show up in the sequel trilogy it would have been such an easy way to tie it all three trilogies together and it like so I, I i guess what i'm saying about hosnian prime is i didn't feel anything for that planet or those billions of people i assume until uh star wars resistance when they like showed it again from kaz's point of view because he's from hosnian prime and he's mm-hmm. like oh my god my home just got blown up that's when i finally was like oh this does mean something yeah well i, I don't think that they were like JJ wanted us to really feel something about the place that was blown up. It was more about making Starkiller Base look 
completely devastating. Right. And that's just why I never liked Starkiller Base. As much as I love The Force Awakens as a whole, Starkiller Base is just like a big red button where they're like, hit the reset. And oh like, no, another planet killer. Yeah, now the Republic's gone again. And we're <laughs> in the exact same situation as we were. Uh, if they're going to do that, I think that we should have been like, Oh my god, like Coruscant is gone. That would have that would have felt devastating to me. They have to rebuild the government again. Right. Who's 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 gonna be in the government? <laughs> is it Seriously, who? <laughs> That's I don't think we're gonna get some stories post sequel trilogy for a little while because they need to like figure some stuff out. <laughs> Tim Peacock wants to know if we think Disney should have gone ahead with George's sequel trilogy ideas now that the Skywalker saga is over. I really don't think it would have mattered. I mean, at the end of the day, even though I wasn't wholly satisfied by the end of the Skywalker saga, I still got one movie that I really loved, another that I liked, and then one that I think over time I'm going to be like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, I think it probably would have wound up being about the same with George Lucas's like no one was ever going to be not everyone was ever going to be fully satisfied by this trilogy there were still going to be people that complained no matter what and like I'm sure that if George got to go ahead there would have been a big uproar of like why would you let George do this after the disaster of the prequels like there would still be a group of people that said something crappy like that so I don't think it would have mattered I don't know, like, the idea of him doing an entire sequel trilogy, I feel like it wouldn't have divided the fans quite as much because it may have had a better overall arc between the three episodes. Maybe they would have tied together a little bit nicer. That's a fair point. Than what we got, but I'm happy with what we got that i think that's a fair point that i think my biggest issue with the sequel trilogy is that it does feel like a little bit of tug of war between two creators and 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 it is yeah (laughs) and and if colin trevorrow were in there it probably would have felt like what's i don't know what a three-way tug of war is but (laughs) it would have felt like that i think at least with george yes it would have been like here's one vision from start to finish uh whether or not you love everything in it yeah it's that's a different story but at least it would have had that one george lucas vision yeah i mean that's what the prequels gave us right um it would have been interesting to see what he had and like a lot of his ideas are still in uh the sequel trilogy like luke being a recluse was already george lucas's idea the main character being a girl was in george's treatment so it's still inspired by george's stuff but yeah it would have been interesting to see him do something where it's like okay now we have no idea where this is going because the prequel trilogy we knew basically where it ended up it would have been interesting to see him like make something where we have no idea where it's going again i I think it would have been real real weird i bet it would have been i mean from the very little he said about it i was like that sounds weird yeah but like I mean, they probably said the same thing about the the whole idea of Star Wars when it came out. And, mm-hmm. He and said it was <laughs> he, he said it was going to go like microbiological and talk about the midichlorians and like the idea of 
fate versus like do you control your own destiny and i'm like that sounds weird but i i am saying a lot that i want star wars to get weirder so yeah as we've been talking about it i'm like you know what it probably would have been really really weird but i would have appreciated that (laughs) george just went for it yeah i mean there's always a chance that he'll just decide one day to make some more star wars for us Combat Muffin asks if we think Snoke was directly controlled by Palpatine or was he programmed to fulfill a role? I hope that it's more the latter. And it sounds like in the visual dictionary, that's kind of what they were going for. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it kind of, it talks about Snoke like he was basically sent to Kylo to be a test. Yeah, and if Kylo then killed snoke then he would have been like a worthy that's kind of a master apprentice sith thing Mm -hmm. so then he would have been worthy to take on the mantle of sith master i guess (laughs) so convoluted yeah and like it's snoke even gives kylo like the knights of ren and that's also a test from snoke and snoke is a test from palpatine so it's like all these tests right I'm, I'm I'm hopeful, I guess, that it's more Snoke was, to a degree, his own person. Because I don't like the idea that it was just Palpatine, like, literally pulling the strings of Snoke the whole time. But he does say, like, I'm every voice you've ever heard inside your head. And he does it with Snoke's voice. Yeah. <laughs> it could go either way. But I, I would rather it be... That Snoke had some sort of agency. Yeah, yeah. Like, when we got Snoke and then afterwards everybody was clamoring for a backstory on Snoke, now that we know that he was just created by Palpatine and sent to Kylo basically as a test, I'm like, okay, I I would rather have him have had a backstory. Yeah. (laughs) Like, now... (laughs) Careful what you wish for, nerds. <laughs> now I'm like completely turning around and thinking like, now I want I want to know who Snoke is. <laughs> I mean, I always was interested in knowing who he was. Yeah. I just didn't think that it had to stop the movie dead in its tracks for him to explain for 30 minutes his right. whole backstory. Right. I was fine with the novel. Nicholas wants to know if we would have liked to have seen Ben heal his kyber crystal rather than throw it away. Um, I think that in the movie, J.J. wanted, in the end, to have Kylo using the Skywalker saber and Rey using the Organa saber, Leia's saber. I think that's what he wanted, was to have, like, these two legacy sabers being used. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that that's why he didn't go for a... I've kind of thought that going into the movie, he would heal his crystal but i thought it would go back to blue uh i thought that they were gonna not quite follow (laughs) that stuff because it's pretty heavily implied that kylo ren's lightsaber is a modified version of ben's uh so i liked the idea that it would have maybe just gone back to a blue blade and that would have symbolized his healing process yeah i mean i'm happy with him just throwing it away uh Because, like, the crystal was cracked to begin with, and it was kind of symbolizing his 
cracked identity or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I don't, first it would be kind of weird to be in a movie. Like it, it would take a long time and I don't know, like, I don't know how that would fit into the movie story-wise, but yeah, just the fact that it's cracked, I feel like maybe it couldn't have been healed. I guess, yeah, maybe. Uh, it might have been a little weird for people to go like, oh, it's white, that's new, but I think people would have been on board with it, or blue, or whatever. In my head, I kind of thought that maybe he would come back to the Ben Solo persona during a fight while his lightsaber was out, and that it would just kind of happen. I don't know. The, <laughs> this is all... Movie magic. Yeah, right, that... It, it it wouldn't be a thing where he sat and like healed his crystal. It would just show us like, oh, he's back. And I think that would have been a cool enough moment where it's like, no, it doesn't quite fit with lore, but mm. I think it's kind of cool. Nah. No. Hard pass. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo Alvarez asks if the Yuzan Vong could appear in the High Republic era. I doubt it, but there is a chance. Like, anything that they were kind of sort of planning for the Clone Wars and the Yuuzhan Vong is on that list, modified to a degree, but they would have been in Season 7 or 8 of the Clone Wars. Yeah, there's a chance. I don't think that's what they're going to go for, but, like, if we are following Jedi that are going out into the Unknown Regions, who knows what they run into? Yeah, I I don't know. The Yuuzhan Vong... Their story is, like, so intense. I don't think there's room for it to be told like it was told in Legends. Maybe yeah. maybe they could take the idea and kind of like, is it the Grisk mm-hmm. that are in the Thrawn books? Maybe do something inspired by the Yuzambang. I could see them maybe taking the Clone Wars story that they were going to have, where it's basically they run into scout ships. Mm-hmm. That's what we've heard that they were going to do. So maybe they could run into some Yuuzhan Vong scout ships for a book or something, and then they flee off. And then we could be like, oh, the Yuuzhan Vong are out there. It's an option in the future, but I don't think the High Republic is the place to have a Yuuzhan Vong invasion. Yeah, and it, it would have been weird that like in the rest of the movies, there's no mention of this super powerful race. Also, yeah, like kind of the idea behind the Yuuzhan Vong and a lot of alien invasion stories is that, oh, we have to put aside our petty differences and finally band together to fight this huge threat. Like, Mm -hmm. in the New Jedi Order, all of the different factions come together so they can fight the Yuuzhan Vong. And it would be weird if, like, they the Republic did that or something and then they still fall apart, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't think it would fit... That's it for patron questions. If you're a patron and you didn't see your question answered here, just head over to Patreon where we left you a written response. If you're not a patron, you can learn more by following the link in the description. Just a dollar a month will get you access to extra Star Wars explained content like audio commentaries for the films, and we're doing audio commentaries for the Clone Wars, and this week's episode is Night Sisters, which is a good one. So all of that is available right now if you're interested. On to YouTube questions, Swordman asks if Maul was extracting information about Order 66 from Jesse's head, or was he just torturing him in the Clone Wars trailer? So yeah, so- in one shot of the trailer, you can see Maul like doing the Kylo Ren kind of thing, and that'd be interesting if he were 
accessing the chip or something, and maybe he's trying to see if if there's any information on when Order sixty six is going to happen. Yeah, that that would be like a new thing for Maul, right? Yeah, that ability, the mind read, mind extractor. I, <laughs> I mean, it could be both. I mean, I, I'm sure it's it's feels like torture for someone to be poking around in your brain. I, yeah, I do kind of think it's both. I don't necessarily think it has to do with Order sixty six. Like he could be doing exactly what Kylo Ren does and just pulling out information, taking knowledge but it hurts at the same time. So uh, I kind of think that's what's going on more than anything else. Or maybe he finds out about the chips or realizes something about the chips and is able to manipulate them. Like activate them or something. Yeah. I guess that seems counterintuitive since we know that the Siege of Mandalore takes place during Revenge of the Sith. It'd be kind of... Like, oh, he activated it early, yeah. like by a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's more likely that he's torturing him for information. Like, may, maybe it is about Order 66, maybe it's not, but I think he's probably trying to get something out of him. Arcadia wants to know how long Maul was on Malachor before being found in Star Wars Rebels. I mean, he was kind of crazy when they found him. He was a little loopy. So maybe a, a while. I is there anything in like the comics or books that tell us maybe how long he's been there? No. Um, so I I want to. My gut says that he's been there for a while, but I feel like every time we get like actual information on this stuff, it's far shorter than I thought. Yeah. Also, I don't know what he'd be living off of on Malachor. It doesn't seem to be a lot of animal life. Or plant life or anything to eat. So, I don't know. He may have been stranded there for a little while. Like, just a week. There has to be some kind of, like, squirrel or rat or something that lives there. A malice squirrel. I mean, and we don't know, like, how often his species needs to eat. That's true, I guess. He can be cut in half and have spider legs. He can do anything. I mean, he literally doesn't have a bottom half. Like, I guess eating is the least of his problems at that point. Yeah, how does that work? He can't poop. I don't think he has to. Because he doesn't eat. Figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) Webslinger55 asks why Cal's lightsaber wasn't unstable like Kylo Ren's, even though his kyber crystal broke. So, Cal's kyber crystal straight up just snapped in two. Um, Kylo Ren's has a big old crack in it. So, I guess it's just that they work differently that way. Mm-hmm. I would also just say they're kyber crystals. They're very connected to the Force. And we don't really know how the Force works. It could have straight up been just like the Force decided to make Kylo Ren's look all scary because he's a bad guy. But Cal's is like, he's learning a, an important lesson at this point, And the force is like, yours can work fine. Yeah. I mean, the same thing happened to the Skywalker uh, lightsaber. The the crystal broke in half. Ray healed it, like basically like mended it back together with the force. According to the visual dictionary, she had like a little workstation. So I imagine, yeah, it's. I guess the simple just, answer is if it's a clean cut. It doesn't get crackly. (laughs) 
Antonio Escobar wants to know if the Dantooine base in Star Wars Resistance was the Jedi Enclave from Knights of the Old Republic. I do think that they straight up took the inspiration from KOTOR. I mean, the buildings look identical. I don't know that they were trying to say it's def- it was a former Jedi Enclave. I think they were just trying to throw in a little Easter egg. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I mean... It- I don't think that they're going to do anything further with that. They might. There are rumors of a KOTOR reboot or remake or reimagining or something. So who knows? There's, you there's... might go back to Dantooine and see that exact building. Like it could be the Enclave. But for now, I'm just going. They were just using some familiar Dantooine stuff. Yeah. And they're like, why not use what would have been there in Legends? Jasaris asks if the bounty hunter Dirge could appear in the High Republic era. I hope so, because I love saying Dirge. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't see why not. I mean, could he? Yeah, sure. Will he? I don't know. (laughs) All these could he questions, I'm always like, yeah, there's a chance. Um, I'm going to say I hope so. Not just because of the name, although it is fun to say, uh, but he's cool looking. Yeah, and I I was going to say that I do think that it would be fine. He could translate into that era perfectly fine. And he is kind of like low-key immortal. Uh, like he's made out of like little strings mm-hmm. and he's very hard to kill. So he could have been around then. Yeah. And if he's not actually in any of the content, maybe he'll be mentioned. I Yeah. I, I think that they're going to keep slowly mentioning these people. I, I'm, surprised he never got mentioned in any uh clone wars era stuff like some stuff from that 2d animated clone wars series got mentioned in like the book catalyst Mm -hmm. and i think eventually he'll he'll come back in a in a small way maybe if dash rindar can do it so can dirge (laughs) hashtag bring back dirge That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.